the Swamp Flicks Podcast. My name is Brandon Lede. I'm Brittany Lombas. I'm Hannah Rassinen. And I'm James Cohn. <laughs> and we are recorded <laughs> in James and Hannah's apartment in Mid-City, New Orleans. This is the podcast version of the movie review website, Swamp Flicks. And it is officially spooky season. We are firmly in it now. Anybody feeling ooky spooky in here? Oh, so ooky spooky. <laughs> Ooky spooky, you said it. <laughs> we got a black That's cat. The feeling. We, 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 we formed a like a, a witch's circle around a black cat who's playing resplendent. There's some witchcraft going on, on the carpet. Sure. The way that this cat is luxuriating is very Satan like. <laughs> exactly. Wants like, to be admired. He's obviously Aleister Crowley. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Well, the, the way he behaves on a daily basis is also very satanic. He's a prankish uh, yeah. imp. Oh, yeah. he's a goof. Yep. For sure. <laughs> Well, has anybody been watching the Ookie Spooky movies? Ookie Spooky movie? No. Yeah. So we, yeah. Super <laughs> Why spooky. Why you like this phrase? It's like Ookie throwing you off. What would Ookie Spooky encompass? It's the Ookie, the Ookie part that throws. I might me just off. be like misquoting Adam's family lyrics. I don't know when I'm. They're Ookie and they're, and they're spooky. spooky. And they're spooky. Oh, that's right. So what does Ookie mean? It just is. They're you ookie know? and they're spooky. I picture kind of an ooze to it. Mm. Or ookie like, kind of probably kind means of like just ookie. like a blank, like a oof. Like ookie. Oof. Ookie. 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 Like ookie. Something is weird. Like yeah. it's a ookie. It's a little ookie. Okay, okay let me so- try this again. <laughs> what movies have you been watching <laughs> okay. lately? All right. Ookie, spooky, or otherwise. Okay, so I'm going <laughs> to... I will bring up a movie um, that I, I think I watched it two weeks ago. We have all seen it at this point. I think I was the last person to see it, and that is Malignant, which came out this year. I feel like there is has been like a big buzz about it. That that's um, an ooky. That's film. so ooky. It's kooky too. It's kooky and yeah. it's a little spooky. Yeah. So James was like so he'd already seen it and he said you're not gonna it's not gonna be great for the first hour but just keep going and also come and get me when there's a half hour left (laughs) (laughs) and because i want to watch it again so so i think the way you described was like it feels very b movie in the beginning which is kind of true but it was also like i thought it was pretty sinister there's like spousal abuse in like the first scene yeah but yeah it starts off a little spooky there's some like jump scares it's it's kind of feels like a typical movie and then we get into some like scene melty stuff where the protagonist is um she's witnessing these murders when she goes to sleep at night and like she's in bed and then her room melts away and she's in this other room and this dark cloaked person is like about to or is murdering somebody and she can't do anything about it And then the movie just builds and builds to this like insane reveal that I don't, I feel like we shouldn't talk about what happens. We can't. Yeah. I will say they named the killer earlier in the film, so we can't say him by name. Yeah. Yeah. They, they reveal the truth about Gabriel, which is like, I am like not good at not spoiling films for Mm -hmm. myself. I just, I always want to know what's happening and what's going on and it's so hard for me to resist so i would like i I kept pausing the movie and then like going to the kitchen to get james and saying like oh is this what's happening is he's like go leave it go watch the movie so you must have freaked out well yeah (laughs) i told her like looking back on it you were right like you had it figured out so to speak but like 
you didn't have the reveal. You might be able to predict what happens at the end, but not the right. reveal. No, the way it's executed. The way it's executed is everything. Yeah, right. I was like, it's either this or it's this. Or it's this, and it was kind of like all three all of those things yeah. <laughs> combined. But yeah, it's just like basically, it's not like it's a huge surprise, but the reveal and the way that it it happens is like so thrilling. And after that, we get some like truly great, like weird action scenes, right. very strange like physicality. Um, so anyway, I loved it. I also love like. I won't bring up what happens, but it is related to, um, like, uh, no, I, I won't say anything. But the <laughs> themes of the movie are like, there are a lot of other movies that cover this ground, and I love those movies. Like, the themes are very fun. Maybe by the end of the year, we could do like a, you know, for I'm, I'm sure this will come up on someone's best of the year list. Yeah. Oh, it will. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm sure yeah. by then we could probably spoil it, what happens. I think right. so. It's just too early now because like yeah, yeah. We, people probably need to see it's it. It's not even the end of October yet. True. You know, people... it's still on HBO Max until yeah. the 10th of October. Maybe so if you want to watch there, it at home, watch there hasn't been it. a film so far this year where like, yeah, an hour in, I'm like, oh, this is like a C, C yeah. minus right. sort of film, and then the reveal happens, and you're like, oh yeah, well, this is like a plus. Like, what? and I feel like a huge yeah. problem with that is like the director is James Wan and he's kind of like defined what mainstream horror looks like. I mean, mm-hmm. sweeping aside like the atmospheric A24 kind of stuff. Like he did like the conjuring and insidious and a bunch of like, just like everything in his movies look like a haunted house. It's a house that people live in currently. And it looks mm-hmm. like aged and antique. Yeah. And like, yeah. You expect all of the beats and like the jump scares and everything, the way they unfold, like nothing is surprising the first hour because he is like, the industry standard right now. Yeah. And it then he like, really lets loose at the right. end. Yeah. And it, it feels like a million movies you've seen before. Right. Like the, the like tropes and everything. A million but then, movies from like the seventies almost like it, it was such yeah. like a nod to like B movies from like the seventies and eighties. Yeah. I think, I think especially the acting style. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Like, I just hope that this, like, I want to see more modern movies like mm-hmm. this. I think, um, and that doesn't really happen. Like, I don't think anything r- truly goes there, or does it? I don't know. I feel like that 70s, like, setting, and se- 70s and 80s, for sure, like, people keep setting horror movies back then, both because they were, like, highly stylized then, and because people didn't have cell phones. Yeah. Um, this one isn't set in the 70s, but you're right, it's, like, calling back to, like, a lot of the same aesthetics. Mm-hmm. I heard a lot of people comparing it to Jalo, and I guess <laughs> that there's, like, a mysterious <laughs> killer with a gloved hand, like... I, can, I see I it, compare but... it to other movies, but if I say the movie I want to compare it to, it'll reveal too much. Yeah. It reminded me of Madhouse, which we just watched yeah. on this show, which I don't think is giving anything away, but okay. it's the same kind of like bonkers batshit energy, except you just have to wait for that energy to arrive. And, and that was yeah. what I kept debating in my head, like like judging the movie overall. It's like, okay, that last 30 minutes was so batshit crazy, mm-hmm. but like... Part of me wants to say, oh, if the whole movie was like that, this would be the best movie right. of the year. But by like withholding mm-hmm. till the last 20, 30 minutes, that actually has more impact. So maybe oh, totally. by design, it works out better yeah. this way. I didn't hate the first half of the movie. Yeah, yeah that was I fine. I There was one part that happened that like, I don't know why it really like just had me like on the floor laughing so hard where the main character and this does not reveal anything but she's like wait 
I was adopted. <gasps> and then like this like new metal, like don't steal this DVD music starts yeah. throbbing. It's like a gasp yeah. moment. Yeah. And then it like goes into this weird cityscape where you feel like you're in the matrix and it's like, whoa, <laughs> it just comes out of nowhere. And it's like, there's so many moments that happen that are ridiculous and uncalled for, but I love that. Yeah. So that's yeah, the first half I think was like super cheesy. And the second half was yeah. cheesy in yeah. a different way. I think the first third was super cheesy. And then once it got to the melty room stuff, I was like, oh, wow, this is like very cool. Melty room, yeah. Like these are very cool visual effects. I'm into this. And then, but it's still like, not that I hadn't seen anything like that before, but like, ooh, yeah. this is fun. And then the last half an hour, I think I literally like shouted, like, oh my God. <laughs> it was like, it was like riding a roller coaster, just like adrenaline it was great yeah and i think the more normal first hour is good in luring people in who would yeah. not normally watch the batshit stuff right like yeah, it, yeah, yeah. it kind of convinces you like oh this is a normal horror movie i know what to expect from this right and yeah. not everybody's gonna be on board for what happens in the last half hour <laughs> and but <laughs> even if you hate it i feel like people would have to go around and being like you gotta see this shit it's so dumb right. so, yeah, yeah like yeah, the yeah, marketing yeah. of the movie and like i don't know like it <laughs> It is art, but like they make it look like this like art house horror movie, right? And I think people are like, "Oh wow, how intriguing!" It's and much goofier than it's that. So, so goofy, goofy, so good. So go see it. And uh, let's see which direction should I go, Brittany? What have you been watching? <laughs> yeah. Um. So it's it's not a new movie. It's actually a movie from 1987, but it's called White of the Eye. Have y'all heard of this? Or is that an Italian film? It's, well, I think it was, like, released as, like, a British film, but it's actually, it takes place in Arizona. Oh, weird. So this movie, I I forgot how I came across it, but it's, I think it's, like, free on, like, 2B, probably. Um, <laughs> it's so cool. So basically, is this movie um, about this family, and in the family, th- this woman, the wife, kind of finds out that her husband might be a serial killer. So there's this, like, small community in Arizona and all these, like, suburban housewives just get, like, gruesomely murdered. And her husband's this suspect. So she's, like, coming to terms of, like, could my husband do this? And, like, you know, and he starts to kind of just, like, unravel in front of her. And she kind of starts to realize, like, yeah, he's pretty violent. He's always been kind of violent. Mm -hmm. He could probably do this. Is he doing this? What's so cool about this movie is, like, it feels like an Ardento or like Baba movie a little bit. Like there's like this murder that happens in the beginning and it's like this slow motion, like psychedelic blood splattered. Like there's a lot of focuses on eyeballs and like, I don't know. There's like a, in the murder scene, there's like a goldfish bowl thing that is like just slow motion, like breaking apart and stuff. It's, it's just so freaking cool. Like all the visuals of it are really, really cool. Mm -hmm. Nice. And the story's creepy. Like, there's no doubt that like the husband isn't like you find out that he's like, he is a serial killer earlier on in the movie. You're just kind of waiting to see like when she finds out. Yeah. And like when she does like it, it just kind of goes into this, like he starts to just go fucking batshit crazy. And I like how like it doesn't stop once that big reveal happens. And then like, it just kind of moves into like a different territory where it's like, okay, now you know it's him. So what do you do about it? Right. And then there's like a chunk in the movie where she's kind of trying to figure out like what the fuck to do about it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really cool. 
I oh, probably man. thought it was Italian because of that title. It's a very Jalo yeah. title. Yeah, and it, it, it feels like a if there's like a, a Jalo movie that took place in Arizona <laughs> in the desert <laughs> in like '87. This is it. Wow. Um, it's really cool. Yeah. yeah. Why cool. did the eye? Why yeah. did the eye? I yeah. I really cool. like that genre of movie. Like my husband is a serial killer. Yeah. And of I actually I read a short story by Stephen King that I read a while where she finds like all of these driver's licenses of people that the serial killer had killed in her husband's like secret um stash in the um garage and she has to figure out what to do she's like okay should i report him to the police but then my like my family is going to be dragged down and like they're going to be associated and like she has to figure out i don't know i just that is such a dreadful idea like this person that i love is this monster who is right many yeah. people yeah and she goes through that too in this like movie mm-hmm. where it's not like i don't know in my mind i'm like oh just kill your husband please <laughs> right she's just kind of like oh shit what do we do spoilers for that stephen king story that is what she does she's like nobody's <laughs> gonna know about this i'm gonna kill my husband um yeah, yeah that's, the best that's what way i would do, do I yeah it's that, the yeah. cleanest way to solve right yeah i don't <laughs> my no kids one has to deal with the bs <laughs> yeah the murder stop he stops yeah yeah great <laughs> so that's probably the coolest movie i've seen lately that just re- really really sticks out um but what about you brandon i went to the movie theater yesterday and <gasps> saw the new julie ducarneau film titan 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 you tell me you saw titan let's go with that one. Oh my god so down the body is what we call like boobs titans so it kind of sounds like that a little bit there's a lot of boob gore in this film oh um you know, she directed Raw. That was her debut a few years ago, yeah. oh, which man. I, I liked a lot. Raw. One of my favorite movies of, yeah. I think, of 2010. 2010s? Yeah. yeah. Yep. It's really good. And I think what I really liked about it was like, it was very difficult to pinpoint what she was saying. Mm-hmm. It's like about like a certain kind of awakening. Yeah. Uh, but the more you try to saddle it with like a one-to-one metaphor, the slippier, the slippery. The slipper. more slippery? The more yeah. slippery yeah. that becomes. Um <laughs> And I think in Titan, Titan, she like <laughs> doubles down on that, um, where I think this is going to be a lot more divisive than mm-hmm. Raw. And it's a thing like Malignant where I can't really talk about what happens in it because the first half hour is so different from the rest of the film. Mm. Uh, it starts with this woman who um, is a stripper who dances on cars erotically at car shows. Um, and then she's also a serial killer in her spare time. Oh, yeah. And um, for the first half hour, you just sort of watch this like erotic menace, like serial killer movie with this like misbehaving woman with a titanium plate in her head. Um, and she like is erotically charged by the cars at themselves mm-hmm. um, and basically hates all people. Uh, <laughs> so she's like more into the car than she is into humanity. And then the movie takes a turn where she is on the run, like her like spot is blown up and she has to like run away and she goes incognito in someone else's home in disguise. And I will not say anything else about what happens in this movie other than thematically. What I did not expect was that it is about masculinity and like macho Mm. behavior rituals and like the softer, more nurturing side of like muscle bros. Mm. Um, Mm. And it's nightmarish the entire time. Like, I don't even know, know how to put it other than to say like the, just the mixture of like strippers and flames and fist fights and like steroid shots. And like, yeah, uh, it's just like such a like macho nightmare. Right. And like the and cars. And cars yeah, yeah. Like car uh, culture. Yeah. Uh, just like fetishistic obsession with engines on this mm-hmm. like 
Kenneth Anger or Russ Meyer level where it's like just pure fetishism on the screen. So interesting. And, you know, because it's the person who did Raw, like lots of body horror stuff um, Mm -hmm. on her body in the middle of this like macho nightmare. It has a lot of weird gender fuckery going on in it that reminded me of my favorite movie of the 2010s, which was The Wild Boys. (laughs) Um, And much like The Wild Boys, I feel like the audience interest in this kind of material is going to be much tighter Mm -hmm. and tinier. So I I just want to say it got released in the wide distribution by Neon this week, and it played in a lot of theaters, and it pretty much drowned out there. So if you're interested in seeing it, on the big screen, I would go soon. Yeah. Here, I was surprised they didn't play it at any of the megaplexes. It only played at like broad. And I was not prepared going in there because I haven't been to a theater in New Orleans since the pandemic started. So I had to like fumble for my um, vaccination step like card because I, I hadn't yeah. had to use that because I mostly don't do anything anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was nice to get out of the house and see uncomfortable fucked up art with strangers oh, in awesome. a movie theater. Fantastic. Um, and yeah, I, I'm curious about everyone else's yeah. takes on it. So maybe at the end of the year, once more of us have seen it, we'll have a yeah. better, more like a uh, nuanced discussion of it. Yeah. I loved raw and your description of this movie makes me want to see it. Yeah. So I think we, we will go and see it very soon. I'll even say this was like a step up from raw for me personally, <gasps> really? but I don't know Ooh. if that's going to like translate for everybody. Yeah. Just Cause it hit on so many things like if I had a checklist of things I love to see right. in movies, this hit every single hmm, right. like quadrant. Like the horror of masculinity. Check. Or just like gender ambiguity and like erotic menace and fairy tale logic. Mm-hmm. Uh there's a lot of like supernatural things that happen in the Ooh. movie and people just take it at face value. Cool. Uh, cool which cool, I always cool. love. Yeah, it's great stuff. Yeah. Awesome. What about you, James? Well, I was gonna talk about I went and saw the new Paul Schrader, but that doesn't feel like it fits in with what everyone else is <laughs> talking about. Spooky movies. Um, so instead, I watched uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon Great today film. for the first time. On Criterion, they have all the like universal horror films. So like, you know, The Wolfman. And, oh, cool. And all that. And um, I was like really surprised by this movie. Like, you know, it is a classic and I could tell it it informed a lot of horror movies that I kind of grew up on. But I first was really taken aback by the underwater stuff. It still looks cool. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, with the creature, he's kind of like, he's menacing and he's trying to grasp it, you know, this woman's feet and all that stuff, <laughs> like still looked cool. The special effects like of the creature himself looked very cool. And then I found myself like really getting invested in the story because these like colonialists come in and just like shoot the creature with like harpoons they disrupt his like like to me the creature is a protagonist and these people coming in mm-hmm. are like the bad guys and all he wants is like to have sex with this woman there's like <laughs> that's another thing that took me by surprise was like how kinky it was like there was a weird sexuality with the mm-hmm. the creature and his infatuation with yeah. the woman fucked mm-hmm. Gabriel del Toro up for life uh, yeah. oh yeah oh, <laughs> oh really? my god the shape of water yeah. <laughs> oh that makes sense <laughs> made fishmen so hot <laughs> I don't know the fish the fish guy is like a good dude and he's like yeah. people are fucking with him the whole movie 
And uh, I don't know. It's just like, it was really cool to see a classic that like I could tell has influenced so many movies that I've seen. And it like unfolded in the way that so many horror movies since then have unfolded. Mm -hmm. And I thought it held up really well. And like, it looked cool. The black and white cinematography looked really cool. And yeah, yeah, I I had a really good time with it. And I'm going to like kind of delve more into the, Universal Universal horror like the mummy and famous yeah. monsters. All that yeah. all that stuff. They're good. And it's it's one of those things like I don't know if like y- y'all do this, but I do this sometimes where I'm like, I'm not gonna watch that because like I kind of know what it's about just because like it's such a popular like culture right. thing. But yes. then when you actually watch it, you're like, yes. oh, this shit's good. I do that all the time. Yeah. And it's like, oh, this is why this is like a cultural touchstone. Because <laughs> right. it's great. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and that and this one was like way darker and weirder, and there was like subtext to it that i yeah. thought was like really interesting yeah i was getting some like fear of miscegenation vibes from Definitely. the black De- lagoon i think they talk about that in horror noir um oh really bit, this movie specifically yeah. oh, okay um i will say if you ever get a chance um i think around 2012 or 2013 they toured this like restoration of it with the original um red and blue 3d glasses mm-hmm. um and I saw that at Shalmet Movies, and this movie oh, in 3D cool. is so pretty. Like all the really? underwater stuff has so much depth, and like I don't know, it's it just absolutely gorgeous in that format. And I think it's like, if not the like one of the most like popular 3D films of all time because of that mm. photography. Cool. So it, nice. it's definitely worth seeking cool. out that format if, if it ever comes back around. Very cool. Great film. Well, we're gonna talk about. I was about to say some not great films because that's like Elvira's shtick, but actually, like most of the movies. We're talking about today are pretty great. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Elvira, the horror movie host, honestly, the most iconic horror movie host of all time, maybe. Um, Yeah. yeah. She's made a victory lap slash possible retirement tour in recent weeks, um, promoting her new book. And because she is so everywhere and I love her so much, she is all that's on my mind right now. Mm -hmm. Um, So I wanted to dedicate an episode to Elvira and her... um, you know, her classic period and also this like recent comeback victory lap that she's been yeah. doing. So I'm excited to like kick off Halloween with like one of the people who are like most synonymous with Halloween. Yeah. Uh, and I'm very excited to like talk about all the movies that she riffs on and also the movies that she stars in, which are a lot fewer uh, and harder mm-hmm. to find. Yeah. And all that's coming up to you right, right now. Vincent has been in almost every movie I've ever shown on my <laughs> show. <laughs> You've been in quite a few Poe movies on my show. I know it. Some of them more Poe than the others. You're so right. <laughs> Poe bitches, they were. <laughs> Do you ever show... You, you don't only show horror movies, though, right? Oh, well, I don't know if you'd call them all horror movies, but uh, most of them are pretty frightening in any case. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you like that macabre, right? You always enjoy that... Uh... Oh, yeah, I always really into this stuff. You know, I, I have some great pictures on my show, like... Jesse James meets Frankenstein's uh, uh, the daughter of Frankenstein, kind of a romantic picture. Boy meets school. <laughs> I've seen that. A couple of pictures like that. Uh, uh, the Queen of Outer Space. Did you ever see that one with Jaja Gabor? Yeah, no. Good, yeah. What is that? I mean, that, that Sasha like, Gabor is a yeah. queen from outer space? Yeah, really. I mean, I she saw will... that on Santa Monica. <laughs> <laughs> that movie I will Gabor you to death, let me tell you. <laughs> What's your favorite? What are your favorite? What would you say is your favorite movie that you should? Well, I have to say I really love Plan 9 from Outer Space. A real classic movie. 
<laughs> there are fans, imagine that. Oh, yes, all those fans. I mean, the, the producer of that movie should have stuck to plan one and made a musical. <laughs> so Elvira has a new memoir out called Yours Cruelly. I don't think any of us have had a chance to read this yet. No. Uh, I have a hold for it at the library. I'm still in line to get it. So I don't know when I'll have a chance to read it. But uh, in the memoir, she you know, reveals a lot of things about herself that have made a lot of headlines recently. Uh, a lot of like sexual assault from like other celebrities that she's had. She like names names in this book. And also um, the fact that she has been in a romantic relationship with a woman for the past 19 years. And that's really great for her to like get herself out there like this. I'm very excited to read this book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm mostly just excited because she's back like yeah. around right now. And I love it. Like I just saw today she made a deal with Netflix to prescribe movies to you as Dr. Elvira once a week. Um, <gasps> oh like, my God. To cure your Halloween ills. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and um, part of this, you know, comeback tour is she did a sort of resurrection of her movie macabre horror host program on shutter that we all watched together at my house. Mm-hmm. Like it was a big, like cultural event, uh, which I was very happy to do. Mm-hmm. I want to do just a real quick like Wikipedia bullet points like synopsis of who she is. Yeah. Yeah. In case you're listening to this and don't know who Elvira is or just don't have any prior experience to this like recent publicity cycle. She was born in Kansas. She started out doing um, drag king shows in Colorado as a teenager. And then when she was still a teenager around 17 moved to Vegas mm-hmm. and became like a real legitimate showgirl, like straight out of high school. Like one of the youngest showgirls too. Cause like, there weren't a lot of like showgirls her age too on the strip, which is kind of cool. And this is like, <laughs> it's always been a rebel. <laughs> this is like the old fashioned, like can, can like uh rockets kicking, like mm-hmm. titty tassels swinging, like big feathers on yeah. the butt showgirls. She's very yeah. good at She's that. the real thing. Yeah. After that, she tried to become famous in like several different ways. Uh, she moved to Italy and was like a singer for like rock and roll bands. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. And then she was in a Fellini movie and then she played a stripper in a bunch of like genre <laughs> films. Mm-hmm. And eventually she landed at the Groundlings in L.A. where she was, you know, doing improv training with people like Pee Wee Herman and like a bunch Chastity of... Chastity Pariah. Yes. <laughs> uh, who will pop up in one of these She'll movies. She'll pop up later. And then it became famous after the Groundlings thing when she was hired to replace Vampira as like LA's horror host. We had a regional horror host in New Orleans. His name was Morgus the Magnificent. Yeah. Uh, he was a mad scientist who had the filthiest lab coat and hands you could possibly imagine. Yeah, he was so disgusting. And did a bunch of like home surgeries on people and like fucked every single one of those up. <laughs> and I feel like most people, if you live near a major city, you had some regional version of that. I think Morgus was also broadcast in Detroit, even though it was a distinctly New Orleans oh. thing. Which kind of I didn't know that. Quirk. That's interesting. Uh, but because LA is like the epicenter of mass entertainment, at least in America, yeah. their horror host, Vampira, is famous beyond that region. Mm-hmm. Like she is in some Ed Woods movies. Uh, she's like just iconic visually, like that like tight little cinch to hell waist that she has. Yeah. Uh, and the big hair and the, you know, classic Bride of Dracula look. Big old nails, too. They've asked Vampira to pick her own replacement and she picked a black woman and the studio shot it down, which is fucked up. Yeah. And then they hired Elvira, who basically just stole her look (laughs) and then added a new character on top of it. Yeah. Like she when she initially um, like auditioned for it, like she 
made more of like a Sharon Tate persona, kind of like um, Sharon Tate in the Fearless Vampire Killers. Like she had her red hair and like this like ghostly white dress. Mm-hmm. And it did, they were like, we like you because she had that like part of her shtick with the Groundlings was like this Valley Girl character, right. yeah. which they liked that. They just didn't like her look. And she was so like heavily involved with like drag queen culture that like literally a drag queen made her look too. Like, it was influenced by Vampira, but also, like, this drag queen built it for her, which is awesome. The persona is so different. Like, Vampira is this, like, quietly seductive, like, Mm -hmm. Bela Lugosi-style. She's, like, what when you look at Elvira, it's what you think Elvira will be like. Right. (laughs) And then she opens her mouth. (laughs) And her persona I would describe as a um, hypersexual bimbo. Um, (laughs) I don't know how else to say it, Uh, but it's cool. Like... And that's kind of drag queen culture in general is to uh-huh. play this like airheaded, like horny all the time bimbo. Yeah. Uh, she does a little bit of like Elvis rock and roller jargon, but mostly every joke is about how beautiful her tits and legs yes. are um, and how <laughs> awful all the movies that she has to host on the television are. Yeah. Elvira's movie Macabre was very famous. It got nationally syndicated. Uh, and basically she would just talk you in from commercial breaks about the movies, make a few jokes at their expense, and then, like, when you go back to commercial, there she is again in her, like, red velvet lounge like chair with the candelabras <laughs> everywhere. And, uh, yeah, like, she never talked, like, like, I think a lot of folks think, like, she, it's like, um, mystery science theater, but right. it's not. She just kind right. of, like, chimes in during breaks. See, I remembered that actually happening, it was like her popping up mid movie to crack jokes. And what I was remembering was that in the 2010s, on this TV. They had a relaunch of it. Yeah. And that was more of her gimmick there. Like she was mm-hmm. watching these public domain movies and it was almost like pop-up video. Like her like little head would pop mm-hmm. up in the frame and make fun of like some shitty Roger Corman movie that no one kept the rights to. So she has had a few comebacks. Uh, I think she did one for Hulu in like 2014, but yeah, this one felt very substantial to me and it felt like a big event. And you know, during the pandemic, it's been hard to be this excited about anything. Uh, so all, all my brain has been just flashing the words Elvira, Elvira, Elvira for like the past few weeks. And y'all all came over to watch, this is a long title, so forgive me, Elvira's 40th anniversary, very scary, very special, special, especially for you. <laughs> Where from about 7 p.m. till 1 a.m. Central Time, she watched four movies in a row and basically did her classic Elvira's movie macabre shtick. Yeah. Uh, and because it was Shudder, the four movies were very well curated. I'd say they're all classics in their own way. And just off the top, I want to know how y'all felt about this experience. Like, what did this do for you as like a Halloween Kickstarter? And how did you enjoy the programming and like all the choices and her performance? Um, I loved it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I think that the the movies that were chosen for the special were so perfect because it's it almost felt like I mean, I don't know the background to the special, but these obviously felt so handpicked by her. Like, these are movies I think that she probably appreciates a lot. And I don't know. I liked all of them. I loved how it started off with, like, uh, Mistress of the Dark as, like, a kickoff. That was Mm -hmm. pretty cool. Yeah. And then House on Haunted Hill, just because, you know, a lot of her work, and we'll talk about that later, too, is, like, super, like, Vincent Mm Price-inspired. And Messiah of... um, 
of Sign evil. of Evil. I've been wanting to like watch that for so long. So I had to like actually watch the rest of it at home because I dipped out early because I got really tired. <laughs> you weren't the only one. It, it started off with all okay. uh, four yeah. of us. I felt so lame. No! <laughs> I lasted through like two movies and I was like, I'm dozing off. <laughs> James and Hannah cut out after the third movie. Yeah. And I stayed up till the end. Cause it, so you saw Messiah of Evil. Yeah. Something about the like ritual of watching the whole marathon in one go felt like yeah. something I had to like see through. I mean, I originally was just going to watch just the Elvira movie, the first one. Yeah. Because I knew that's what we were talking about. And then, I don't know, just like each movie that kept coming up, I was sucked into it. Like, yeah. Because I hadn't seen any of these before. And they were all like really good. Uh-huh. Yeah. Especially, what was the name of that third one? City uh, of the Dead. Yes. City of the Dead. Yeah, the fog machine on that movie was next level. <laughs> it's so like it that was so movie, atmospheric. It's so yeah, like the atmosphere in that movie is so awesome, and like it's such a sharp movie too. Like, and especially like the shutter version of it or whatever. Like everything is so like crisp. Yeah, it looks, yeah, fantastic. It looks so cool. Yeah. So there was apparently a horror host in Minnesota in oh. the <laughs> late '60s and early '70s, but I was not like the horror host culture was not a part of my childhood and i've seen uh, mystery science theater but i'd never seen like an elvira presentation and i i just loved how it made me i i felt more connected to like the original stories of horror and like Mm -hmm. you know these movies that were made decades ago that are still like still connect to people that have like inspired people to like become involved in horror and and just i don't know I, it, it just felt like a special kind of presentation like it, there is like this thread of appreciation that has brought us into 2021 yeah i thought the movies were great i especially liked the vincent price house on haunted hill it was just like so goofy and funny and like super melodramatic and campy and especially since we were all there together watching these movies it just felt like this really fun collective experience that's what i felt like i was getting out of this was this nostalgia for being younger both as a teenager and then later in college we would do this as well just like going to a video store and getting like four movies and just staying up to watch Mm -hmm. as many as you could yeah and then like inevitably you're the last one awake. Right. Everyone's like sleeping around you. <laughs> Except y'all are adults, so you went back to your homes. <laughs> right. Um, we didn't have a sleepover, but uh, <laughs> it felt like we did. I ordered pizza. We had boxed wine. Like, yeah. I felt like oh, a little it kid. Great. It just really warmed my heart. Like that experience is like an authentic kind of like horror fandom that I feel like as I get older, I have less of in my life. Yeah. yeah. It's so sad. Yeah. <laughs> Think about it. No, it's true. I was thinking about that same same shit. And what she's like bringing to the table too is that feeling that nothing has changed because yeah. she's 70 years old now and her mug is still perfect. Like that drag makeup is fucking flawless <laughs> yeah. and sharp. Yeah. She looks exactly the same, if not better, because the cameras are HD. So you have to yeah. be like really tight on that right now. The jokes are exactly the same. They're the same hack puns and like bimbo shtick that she's yes. been doing forever. And... Really, the only thing that has changed is that the movies were, like, thoughtfully programmed and not just, like, whatever the studio could buy in a block. Yeah. yeah. So, if anything, it was it felt, like, slightly better than the movie Macabre Days, um, which I only saw in, like, reruns and, like, repeats and taped off the TV VHSs and stuff. Like, yeah. I was a little too young when it was actually on the air. I had, like, um, some, my, I inherited, like, my, um, my aunt's VHS, like, 
taped off the TV video collection, <gasps> oh. which that and included some of that, which was pretty awesome. But yeah, the the revival of it in like the 2010s, I was mm-hmm. like big into it too. And like, what's cool about w- watching her like and the way that she's a horror hostess is kind of like I don't know. It feels like you're watching with a friend almost, where you could be like. I don't know. You still get that same vibe of like watching it with like a group of people, even though you don't have a group mm-hmm. of people with you. Right. <laughs> yeah. Even if that sounds really sad, it's heartwarming. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's like we have access to a thousand horror films. Yeah. If you wanted to sit there and on Shudder, you just can curate for yourself. But it's so nice to have like someone else curate for you. Oh, yeah. Or like Brandon said, like back in college where we would curate for ourselves and like pick four movies from the the major video cult section i was very familiar with that wall curate our own (laughs) like something about having your experience curated with a group of people yeah that like hits me in the heart nostalgia wise i think it was also thoughtful i want to talk a little bit about each individual movie real quick because they are we're pretty substantial yeah we're gonna skip over her film because we're gonna talk about those as a block makes sense uh the second movie in the program was House on Haunted Hill, the William Castle film with Vincent Price. And what I liked about that choice was not only her like connection to Vincent Price, just as like a fandom that yeah. she's obviously mm-hmm. had throughout her career, but also what he's doing in that movie is basically her job. Like Vincent Price is like playing host at this like yeah. party at this haunted house yeah. and is like a little bit sinister and a little bit campy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just felt very like spiritually in line with her work. I really liked this movie. I, I hadn't seen it in a while. And the most recent viewing experience I had was watching the 1999 remake, mm-hmm. which I feel like fucked up a lot of what makes this movie great. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when it comes to the bickering between the uh, Vincent Price and his wife, like in the version with Jeffrey Rush and Vera Farmiga, they're like so nasty to each other. Yeah. It just like ruins the mood. But this had this like kind of campy, um, who's afraid of Virginia Wolf? Like back mm-hmm. and forth, and then also I've, I've forgotten that this version. Um, every house guest is given a handgun, <laughs> <laughs> which was like really amped things up. Uh, In little you- coffins. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like party favor bags mm-hmm. um, that were all coffin shaped. Yeah. Was this new to anybody? Yeah, I had, ne- no, I had, I had never seen, seen it. it. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love William Castle in general. Like, I think all his movies are more fun than you expect them to be. What I really liked was, you know, the skeleton comes out at some point and you can <laughs> see the, like, the string. And right. I remember calling it. I was like, oh, come on. Like, it's a you puppet. Can see, it's a puppet. You can see it. And then that actually plays in to the story at the end where it is literally a puppet. A puppet. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, well, that's really clever. And the yeah. whole the whole movie I thought was like really smart and clever and witty and yeah, campy and like just fun. It's yeah. a, you know, it doesn't take itself seriously. And it also was like pretty spooky yeah. at some point. So yeah, I, I definitely am a William Castle fan. I yeah. like his shtick. It was like a mix of like Shirley Jackson, like Haunting of Hill House and Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? And like Le Diabolique, like the, all those <laughs> little th- threads pulled together. It, yeah, it was just like a delicious little treat. Yeah, I've I've seen this a couple of times. For some reason, it always reminded me of Clue a little bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, definitely. definitely. The host and then like your yeah. weapons and all this kind of stuff. Like the, the game aspect of all it. All the yeah. weapons like, are guns in this version. <laughs> <laughs> all the candlesticks. The gun. <laughs> it's very Americanized. Yeah. 
and I just remember like, you know, this was one of those Friday night movies with, you know, me and my best friend would watch in high school. And we just thought it was like so funny. Just that there's a scene where one of the, I guess the maid like kind of comes in on this like skateboard oh, it's and like she looks shot, frozen. Yeah. It's so, it's just so great. So <laughs> yeah, she's just like, yeah. Hands outstretched, clawed, propelled forward. Iconic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it was just really cool seeing it with like Elvira hosting it. And even though like she didn't really speak to it too much, just cause that's how like the show goes. It's not like her doing mm-hmm. pop-up video the whole time, but I loved like how, one of the funniest things about this movie is how like Vincent Price, as he narrates, he's like, my wife is so amusing. And, you know, she kind of picks up on that and she would speak to it. And yeah. then she had this like gigantic glass of wine. That <laughs> <Yeah>. was, <laughs> she inserted herself massive. into the movie as one of the house guests. Right. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. He's like, why wasn't I invited? <laughs> right. Right. It was like tastefully done, <laughs> which I liked a lot. It was an overkill. I like too that. Comparing it to mystery science theater, where they tend to mock the films and right. kind of laughing at them. Like, I got the sense with this marathon, like, Elvira was sort of, she was reverent mm-hmm. for right. these movies. It wasn't like a laughing at them sort of thing. It was like, no, these are great campy movies right. that you should check out. Yeah, you know? all of her jokes are like, like, she is still kind of connecting to the director or the film like in the beginning when this film is introduced she she says like well my invitation got lost in the mail apparently you know (laughs) so yeah whereas like yeah mystery science theater is like oh this is so stupid like look at this stupid thing i think she does a little bit of that but it's like you can tell she's being ironic like she'll say yeah this movie's a real stinker but i don't believe what she's saying yeah right like, I, f- I feel like she has, like, a genuine appreciation for this stuff in a way that, like, she won't admit because that's right. not the character. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's just, like, part of her thing is, like, oh, I got to watch this piece of piece yeah. of garbage. Where, and then she's, like, talking up her own movies. Um, and like James said, the, the other one that followed that up was City of the Dead from 1960, starring another horror legend that she has like a genuine fandom of christopher lee mm-hmm. who's very young He's and like so clean cut oh my god so young in this yeah. movie. baby i just like honestly i've only seen christopher Stand lee in like the vampire movies where he's like he looks like he's 70 even though he wasn't he just looked old right so this was very very cool you know what i watched um we're doing a mario bava like routine on movie of the month for next couple picks so mm-hmm. i've been watching some bava movies over the past few days and shutter has a few Oh. Um, but one of them, he plays this ghost, uh, and it's in 1963, um, and he's like an S and M ghost. Like he used to whip this woman, oh my God. Uh, as oh like boy. part of their like adultery uh, routine, <laughs> and um, it's the same deal. Like he's like young and handsome, but in this one, he's like definitely like a sex demon. Mm. <laughs> oh my God, it's called the whip in the body. Uh, Ooh, oh my boy! Yeah. Oh, isn't that all in Shutter? It is. Yeah, yeah, definitely worth looking at. Yeah, like y'all were saying earlier, City of the Dead, this was the one in the marathon I had never seen before. This was Mm -hmm. entirely new to me. And the fog machine is just like doing a lot of heavy lifting. Yeah. There's a lot of stark lighting too. Like just everything is like overlit. But with that Mm -hmm. 2K restoration they did with the black and white, like really makes everything like sharp and really eerie. Like everyone looks terrifying. Yeah, there's just atmosphere dread. Yeah. This movie... Um, actually, like, this is the movie where I appreciated Elvira's, like, contribution the most. Because I, w- I was actually not, not like, scared 
but it this movie was scary. scary I was yeah. yeah, I was very tense on edge and then Elvira like comes in and kind of lightens the mood a little <laughs> and not in a way that ruins it but I'm like okay I'm like I'm with my friends you're like it's <laughs> not real <laughs> yeah I'm not in a, in a vampire city I like too that she's not during this marathon she wasn't like a constant presence it's like yeah she came in like at the half waypoint right. yeah. it was a nice way to break up the film too you're like okay we're at halftime we can mm-hmm. digest what we've seen and right. now you know second half of the movie coming up also the smart thing they did was all the movies are like 70 to 80 minutes oh long. yeah they're yeah. all very short and um, if you'll notice she does not interrupt her own movie very much like she's yeah. like more free-flowing with everyone else's <laughs> yes. like art right but with hers she like had this more like well my movie's great speaks for itself which is great this one's also like a witch hunt movie. Like it's about this mm-hmm. like small village that just like burns women to death um, as yeah. part of this like satanic ritual. But I like the twist where it's like they actually are witches. Right. You know, it's not like <laughs> a false confession. The way that witch hunt is used now is like a, pe- a pejorative. Yeah. Right. No, they're like, no, these are real like yeah. badass witches. But I feel like it became that because they were burning that woman. I, I feel like that was the origin of she's like, okay, well, I'm burning alive, so I'm gonna like affirm my covenant to Satan. Yeah. And then Satan saved her, and then it became a witch town. So, yeah, they shouldn't have burned anyone in the first place. And I mostly mention <laughs> that because uh, that witch burning at the stake thing will come back later when we talk about yes. Elvira's actual movies. Because mm. she, oh, um, yeah. I don't know. I think that's another thing about the curation here is like there are a lot of like images and like themes in these that like. Or like a breadcrumb trail back to her own yeah. film that was like the centerpiece. Um, and the last one, uh, which I watched by myself at the end of the night, and she <laughs> basically was joking like, oh, we saved the best for last. Basically being like, this movie sucks. Um, and at the very end when it was over at like 1 a.m., uh, it cuts to her sleeping on the couch because she was so <laughs> bored. And this was Messiah of Evil from the 70s. And I just saw this for the first time like maybe two years ago and loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I watched this really shitty like whatever scan was on Amazon prime, like very muddy, just filmed off the television crap. The version that's on shutter. That was part of this is really gorgeous. I loved this movie. I understand how late in a marathon it could be a little, um, slow paced. Yeah. Did, did y'all watch this? Uh, after y'all left? No, we did no. not. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I you did. I watched it. Yeah. Okay. What did I, you think? I loved it. It kind of like, like with city of the dead, like it, takes place in the town which like this does too i love movies where you're like kind of stuck on an island or you're stuck in a town and everyone's fucking nuts yeah this movie's like that and what's so weird is like on netflix there's a series called midnight mass that came out new um mike flanagan yeah yeah and this was like midnight mass it's literally like a seaside town full of vampires huh and this kind of would you call these vampires i didn't know what's it's hard to pinpoint what's happening in this because they look to me like George Romero zombies. I don't know. I feel I I. Mm. But I don't. There's no answer because which is kind of like Midnight Mass is the same right. shit too. <laughs> the uh, mythology is left open to interpretation. It's basically this like yeah. Lovecraftian thing where like the madness of the Harvest Moon, they call it the Blood Moon, and yeah. this just drives people to like undead mania in this like small town. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they haunt outsiders who like come in i think like the coolest scene in this movie that i love so much is that grocery store scene that piece and the um oh man the other set piece in the movie theater where the woman's watching a western by herself yes and like more ghouls start popping up (laughs) 
in the theater that she's alone in behind her. So she doesn't realize that she's like, she turns around at the end and there's like all these like just ghouls. Like, I don't know the way that builds is so great. Mm -hmm. Um, Like in the birds. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very quiet, like slow building dread. I don't know. This falls somewhere between Lovecraft and Romero to me. Uh, it's directed by the couple who directed Howard the Duck. So <laughs> really? They have at yes. least two masterpieces wow. under their belts. Uh, <laughs> Howard the Duck. Yeah, totally. I don't know. I was laughing when she was saying, like, this is the worst movie in the lineup. I was like, I don't think that's true at all. Well, made it funny because I'm like, I, I guess I really like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. But you know she fucking likes it in real life because right. right. she chose I mean, it. She probably... I mean, maybe that was her favorite one because it was the last movie of the yeah. set. That reveal of her sleeping on the couch did make me laugh it's out loud. Funny, yeah. <laughs> and I was totally by myself by the time it happened. <laughs> and you're like, yep, that's about right. Yep. <laughs> do you always, do you always wear that? I mean, you always... Wear that dress, you always... No, no, no. Sometimes I like to wear something kind of low-cut and sexy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, actually... (laughs) Actually, I do. I do always wear this dress. I mean, you know, my costume is being marketed around the entire United States now. Yeah, it's like... There's going to be other women dressed like you? Oh, yeah. I mean, guys, too. (laughs) Yeah. It's a great costume because... You know, you, you, it doesn't matter if you have, like, kind of a big chest or anything. I mean, because you can wear it and, and uh, you know, just go as share. So when someone is, like, nationally famous and, like, has a wildly popular TV show, of course the first thing you do is give them a movie. Um, <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> and in the late 80s, Elvira had her own feature film called Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, which is kind of her full title whenever she, like, makes public appearances anyway. Yeah. And it is, like, the Elvira movie, like... I feel like this is a breaking kayfabe thing where, like, she is that character. Maybe it, it, it's both. It's like she is the character Elvira in the film, but she yeah. has a job, which is, like, ho- hosting this, like, horror movie marathon thing. She remains in character the whole <laughs> film, so it's not like she changes back to Cassandra Peterson when she leaves the stage. Right. But she is in, like, dire money troubles. The show's not doing well. Um, and she has to move back to this like small town where her grandmother just died uh, because she is hoping to inherit enough money yeah. to start her own Vegas stripper show. Yeah, like she's it, like kind of like, a, oh, I'm just going to pass through town, get my Aunt Morgana's mm-hmm. like inheritance and then I'll be done. Get out. <laughs> but instead, she ends up hanging around um, because she discovers a magic recipe book that teaches her some magic spells mm. Uh, the townsfolk are all small-minded small towners who um, want to burn her at the stake, literally, uh, for being too sexy. Uh, <laughs> and then she also rallies all the teenagers in town who are basically the moviegoers of America. Yeah. Um, what I loved about that was like when she's trying to raise money and like get back in her like her horror host routine. She like tries to rally all the kids, and she does it by going. We're going to show the worst movie ever made at the theater. Isn't that exciting? <laughs> like, come see the, the worst film ever made. Which I feel like is really in spirit with, like, what she does for mm-hmm. a living. Right. There's also that scene in the theater where she's actually watching Attack of the Killer Tomatoes with the kids. And doing, like, live riffing, like, mystery yeah. science theater style. It, feel, it feels like when um, they do, like, showings of, like, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. And they're just, like, per- kind of performing it and also kind of talking, too. Right. I would kill to see that in real yeah, life if she would ever tour, fucking do that. Oh, yeah. Take all my money, please. I think this movie's great. I thought it was a great kickoff to the marathon. What do y'all think about it? <laughs> this is my top 
10 of all time favorite movies. I fucking love this movie so much. And it's this movie to me is like, it's so influential. Like the older I get, the more I see it in other films, like Priscilla queen of the desert Mm. and like Tu Wong Fu, just this idea of like this outsider going into a small town and shaking things up. And Elvira is essentially a drag queen. I feel like a lot of jokes from this uh, RuPaul picked up uh, specifically for Drag Race. Like the, mm-hmm. um, how's your head? I haven't had any complaints yet. 100%. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like, yeah, RuPaul and Elvira are pretty, or Cassandra Peterson too, are pretty tight. She shows up as a guest judge a lot in drag on the show. Yeah, and she was a, also like a guest on um, his talk show in the 90s too. I also saw mm-hmm. today she had her own um, pilot for a talk show that did not get picked up but it is on YouTube and My I want to watch it. Okay. Oh. <laughs> oh god, I would watch the shit out of that. But I love this movie so much because it it shows this like, like you were kind of saying earlier just the quintessential Elvira. Like Elvira is a horror queen, but she is just as much a comedy queen as she is a horror queen. Just by looking at her, you think she's going to have like we we're talking earlier like that just that vampire personality. But she's just like this kind of like almost hyper feminine, mm-hmm. um, oh, yeah. like funny as shit, like Valley yeah. Girl personality that I love and I um, think is hello. so fucking funny. Right. Yeah. And she plays that out so well in here. And just like, obviously, um, you know, she was a writer on this movie. You could tell like a lot of her experience kind of comes out. Like all she does is just fucking fight a bunch of sexist assholes the entire time. And she just deals with people who are like judging her based on like her look and just for yeah. having big boobs and looking great. You don't fit into this town. You don't even fit in that dress. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Iconic. And every line she has is a sex joke of some kind. Yeah. Every single line. That's just so funny. That's why. I mean, this movie felt very much like kind of like third wave feminism where it's like, she is totally like allowed to be sexy while also like when people are harassing her, like, Hey, you creep right. get away. But she's still allowed to like show off her tits. And, yeah. and that to me was pretty empowering. I would feel like she is like allowed to be funny and sexy and, but not like a sex object. Right. Like as soon as the men around her start to turn her into an object, she like, Slaps him or kicks him off. But even her like comebacks are shtick. Like someone grabs her boobs without her consent. She stabs them with her little knife, uh, her little belt knife that she always has as part of her costume. But then it's a gag knife, like from a prank shop. She's like, hey, you like that? It's kind of funny, huh? (laughs) Like she's still doing that vaudevillian shtick the whole time, even when she's like fighting off creeps. She's basically like a, like, I want to bring it back to Pee Wee Herman because she went to Groundlings Mm -hmm. with him. But like, she is that kind of like cartoon character inserted into this like real world scenario and it's amazing to see yeah that's why i want to read that like book so bad like this in this movie it's like she's just trying to fucking exist like she's not trying to like be a leader of you know a marginalized group of people like she's not trying to she just wants to exist and be a fucking elvira like just leave her alone and get the teens together yeah yeah And just like let the teenagers <laughs> to, do stupid shit too. To en- yeah. Clean it's your house. <laughs> also insane to watch her do everyday tasks in this, like cooking yeah. or like pumping her own gas. You're it's like, so what? good. <laughs> right. Yeah. So what used are to you seeing doing? you just on that couch. Right. Uh, <laughs> you're like, oh, she drives. Right, she walks. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> she eats hot dogs. So I saw this is the first time I've seen this movie. I was seeing all of these like threads to movies that were not like not just horror movies like footloose it it felt kind of footloosey to me and then um there's this movie i don't know if anyone have y'all ever seen like water for chocolate 
No. So it's oh my god, is that when the woman like communicates she, by like cooking? cooking. Yeah, and it's, and she, it's a Spanish movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she like yeah. she's like this excellent cook, and she cooks like one meal. She's sad and she cries into the and then, and then everybody's crying. The, everybody who eats her food cries, so like and then perfume she kind of yeah, yeah. right exactly. And then and the, like the last scene, she's like finally able to be with her love and she's like feeling lustful and she's cooking and then like everybody just gets down after that so like <laughs> that orgy scene with the food was like i feel like that was a callback to one of my favorite movies that has nothing to do with the horror canon oh and i was God, like oh yeah this like yeah like sexy like all these like the 50 casserole orgy yeah exactly. right <laughs> so yeah great. yeah right like the not what's more shocking than that right yeah the <laughs> like suburban version of like water for chocolate yes. very yeah very different um but i don't want to talk too much about the next elvira movie but i i preferred this one i thought it was super fun and i like seeing elvira in a modern setting like mm-hmm. with her in her full like witch vampiric get up and then she's just in this town with a bunch of like doohick, right. um, like this big himbo guy um, who runs the movie theater and like these kids and like the PTA. Like, I just thought that was so fun. Like you said, Brandon, just watching her like do everyday tasks, like pumping gas and <laughs> cooking. It's funny because her like outward appearance, it's like from 1800 right. Transylvania. Right. Yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> she, her like her ditziness when she like starts cooking and she's like one edge of Ziba. Hmm, I'll just put the whole thing yeah. in here. <laughs> um, it's yeah. With her like apron. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, that mix of like the Valley girl with the like vampire seductress. Right. It's so work, good. I feel like it does work better in a modern story. And the second movie we're going to talk about kind of takes it back to its origins. Yeah. And I think it's funny because in this town, she doesn't fit in both because she is like vampire, like her appearance, but, you know, she doesn't act like a vampire. You know, she's not going around the town like, oh, yes, come. And like I witchcraft. She like doesn't fit in because she's from California and is in showbiz. And that rubs people the wrong way. Right, right. And I love how that's an escalation of like her actual like suburban invasion of America. Like right. the fact that she oh, was totally. nationally syndicated. Yeah. like teenagers love her but yes. i can see how like christians in like small towns would be like what is this demonic figure this like sex vamp on my tv yeah um <laughs> and it's not gendered at all like all of the kids are turned on by her regardless of gender and also like think she's the coolest person in the world yeah and um they're all right they're right <laughs> <laughs> it's right about everything and yeah it's funny that it turns into an actual witch hunt where like these like small-minded christians are mm-hmm. trying to kill her and the worst she's done is like brought b movies and right. like um, <laughs> sexual fun to right. this like small town that's yeah. like two major crimes uh, yeah i love that political angle of like the it's like liberal west coaster coming into conservative small town america and People just want to have a good time at shitty movies and mm-hmm. watch horror. F- like, it's pretty universal. Right. I love that enthusiasm, too. Like, I already mentioned this, but, like, it's the worst movie of all time, you guys. You have <laughs> to see it. That is, like, a genuine type of, like, movie nerdum that, um, I don't know, I think we all share a little bit. But that's something I identify with, like, so deeply. And there's also that, like, kind of John Waters suburban invasion thing with, like, Especially Crybaby and uh, Hairspray. Oh, totally. Where like they're like freaking out the normies. Um, 
which is always fun to watch. Right. And I think she fits in. I mean, this is like a contemporary with those two movies. I think she fits in like perfectly with that era of his work as well. Oh, totally. Yeah. This is a great film, a great comedy, a great Halloween programming. If you want to watch something spooky, that's mm-hmm. also like a party. Like we had a fun time. Yeah. It's a fun. Yeah. It's talking really fun during time. it a little bit too. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. We weren't taking it super seriously, but it's I just like a really fun movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got a great poodle. Put me in a great spirit. Yeah. Great poodle. Great. Yeah. Hot rod that she drives around to. With oh, oh, yeah. The chain link. So cool. um, yeah. Steering, steering wheel. wheel with the skull in the center. Yeah. Oh, beautiful stuff. Very cool. So she did self-fund a second film in 2001 because she didn't have like official funding for another one. Yeah. I think like um, her and well, her ex-husband. Her ex-husband. Yeah, yeah. They like put their house up in this like apartment building that they rented and just like tried to get money from anyone that they could. And they filmed it in Romania. Uh-huh. Um, it's called Elvira's Haunted Hills. So another boob joke. Uh-huh. <laughs> and another throwback to the Vincent Price classic. Which I I should have mentioned this earlier. She did say that was the first scary movie she remembers seeing. Oh, was, uh, cool. House of Haunted Hill. Hmm. Uh, like y'all said, it was a period piece. She's like actually in a castle in, I'm going to say, the 18th century. I don't know. Yeah, it was like, I think it's like, ni- 19th, like 19th century, century Transylvania, oh, okay. Romania. Sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, the 1800s, 19th century. <laughs> right, okay. Yeah. She is another like outsider coming into this castle. She's uh, on her way to Gay Paris to um, start another Vegas floor show. You're like a can-can dancer. <laughs> wait, wait, real quick. I forgot to mention the ending of uh, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, where she actually does get to her Vegas yeah. show. Oh, uh, yeah. What a great payoff. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so good. She raps. She like does her like uh, tassel <laughs> her twirling. Tassel yeah. twirling. Uh, Man. Artistry. I don't know about the rapping thing, but the the tassel <laughs> was... one at a time. I I just can't imagine. My jaw was in the floor for the last <laughs> five minutes of that movie. It's <laughs> yeah. like wow, what an entertainer! Uh, and in this movie, uh, even though it is the the nineteenth century, yeah. she uh, still has that same character and makes a bunch of jokes about modern things in that. Uh-huh. Like, uh, Richard O'Brien is the creep who owns the castle. And she's like, in any scene where he like acts too much, she's like, what are you doing? Trying to win the Oscar? Or like, uh, he's like, the village people say this place is haunted. And she's like, who listens to the village people anymore? Uh, so she's doing her normal shtick, even though it is in like an earlier time. This movie's very goofy. I'm not going to say it's anywhere near as high in quality mm-hmm. as the late 80s one, but I think it's funny. This is what I'll say. It's the, okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. You have to be a fan. <laughs> it's not for everybody. I would say like visually it's about in line with the uh, movies that Charles Band filmed in Europe when he bought a castle <laughs> in the eighties and like filmed a bunch of like shitty horror movies there. Uh-huh. And then comedically it's about on the level of a um, RuPaul's drag race comedy sketch challenge. Like a shit, yeah. Uh, yeah. Which are like so corny. Which are so good. And pure <laughs> shtick. And you're either going to find it funny or exhausting, depending on your appetite for every joke being punctuated with a uh, Looney Tunes boy Right. Like, every joke has a, like, stinger. Yeah. That, like, almost like a rim shot. Like, uh, and she just constantly just she joke after all. joke after joke. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of reminded me of the Mel Brooks Frankenstein movie. Especially with, bit. like, the her assistant, like, Zuzu, like, coming right. with her. Like, yeah. I was waiting for her to do rolling in the hay at any second. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. 
I did not care for this movie as much, but I did love the stable boy. <laughs> and that was that a hilarious was, gag. <laughs> and I was like, I, d- I oh, don't. Oh, where his words are yeah. matching up <laughs> in his mouth. Yeah, that was very Hello, Elvira. Like, I don't know. I'm into, like, the whole stable boy thing. That's, like, such a trope. Like, the hot stable boy. Well, it's kind of like what she did in the previous movie. She just has, like, a big old dumb hot dude. Right. Yeah. (laughs) She needs a himbo for her bimbo. Right. I love it. (laughs) And he's, like... At one point, he's he's looking for income. He's like, Elvira, desire your stable stud, and I just thought I just thought that was hilarious. I think, I th- but yeah, I I preferred Mistress of the Dark. It's a better film. I can't argue yeah. with you there. I I really like this movie. I think, of course, Mistress of the Dark is like the shit, but I still think this is so good just because it's so Elvira. Like mm-hmm. you could totally tell like this is her thing, and she put a lot of like herself into it. Yeah. You- which it shows. And I think this year is actually the 20th anniversary of it. Yep. So it got canceled because of like COVID and crap. Uh, and I probably wouldn't have been able to go anyway, but she was doing a trip to um, Transylvania, Romania, where they filmed this with like a group of fans for the 20th oh, anniversary. That's great. That's so and cool. I, I feel like if you were a fan of this movie or even know that it exists, I was like, then- I, I was saving up. Right. Oh my God. <laughs> Um, so this is like one of my, if she ever does it again, I would love to do that. This is like up there with me wanting to go to the John Waters camp in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. I feel like this movie is specifically for gay men in their fifties. Like I feel like that's the target <laughs> audience. <laughs> yeah. And me. And yeah. And anyone who might share like comedic sensibilities <laughs> with that demographic. Uh, one of the lines that made me laugh like so hard was when she was like, uh, She's being introduced to Richard O'Brien, and they're like, she's going to be one of the most foremost performers in Gay Paris. And she goes, the straight guys like me, too. Uh, just <laughs> like so many great song that zingers sh- like that. Yeah, that oh. song is, yeah. is great. Um, and for Lord Elizabeth. I love this movie just because, well, like I said before, you know, it's a lot of her into it. And, and just the fact that, like, she made this. Like, I don't think she made this wanting to make a profit off of it. Like, I think mm-hmm. it was just like, I want to fucking make this movie. Yeah. And she's, she had been wanting to do like a sequel to Mistress of the Dark for so long. So I appreciate it for that. And I love the ending of this so much. Like, it's such like a, it's a homage to, you know, those Corman, Edgar Allan Poe movies and like hammer horror. The pit and the pendulum uh, mm-hmm. specifically. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Totally. I, I love the, the castle falling down it looks so oh, cheap the that's the uh the fall of the house of usher from Cor- the corman post cycle uh-huh. and they reused that um image of the castle crumbling in the corman movie for like every poe movie they, <laughs> they kept reusing the same oh, um yeah. shot yeah so like that's kind of a fun like it feels like a theme park ride right? when you're watching it yeah and then this version is like very cut and paste like yeah. cheap as you could possibly do that same effect um yeah but it does feel like it's in line with her like genuine vincent price like adoration that yeah. she has in real life mm. now um, our movie of the month that's coming up that we just watched um lisa and the devil lisa mm-hmm. and the devil this movie like reminded me of it so much yeah especially the ending where well first of all there's a few things where you know elvira looks like you know right. lord Elizabeth's is yeah like a past life kind of thing oh uh, right. you're the image of my late wife <laughs> yes yeah and then at the very end um whenever she gets picked up in the carriage to leave they're like you couldn't have been at that castle right. yeah yeah it's been, it hasn't been around for a hundred years <laughs> <laughs> whoa. <laughs> whoa 
So yeah, it kind of reminded me a lot of that. And also like her time in Italy and her experience with like Italian horror too, like Mm -hmm. that very opening, the beginning scene of this movie, she's um, having a nightmare where she's getting bricked into a wall and it reminded mm-hmm. me of the psychic yeah that movie that we watched for movie of the month and that another egg ground poe oh oh no the- yeah corman does that in uh, trilogy of terror which yeah. Is oh, yeah. the, uh, the cask of amontillado yeah. yeah yeah so yeah I, I just think this is cool and you know she's such like a horror nerd too and like growing up she um her parents maybe just her mother owned a costume shop and she was just obsessed with Halloween ever since she was, like, little. Yeah. So you could just tell, like, she was dorking out so bad in this movie. Which is funny that she did the Sharon watch. Tate thing as, like, her original audition. Because <laughs> right. it feels more in line with this, like, Hammer Horror, Corman Poe type right. stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, which I like that as a Halloween primer. Like, when we watched, uh, when we were doing the lesbian vampire movies and we did the Carmilla um, Hammer Horror. I can't remember the title off the top of my head. Oh, God. What was it? It was our least favorite of that batch. I can't remember what it was called. But <laughs> we remember her name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They were all Carmilla adaptations, but the hammer horror one just reminded me like that spooky castle setting with like the fog machine. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, they really had like the iconography of Halloween, like nailed down in those movies. Um, and I, I like that there is like that genuine fandom here as well. Yeah. Um, I've, I've been watching those Mario Bava movies that are also set in like castles. Yeah. And it feels like even he is kind of playing off of, or at least a contemporary of what hammer was doing as well. They just have great spooky atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Um, and to self fund a movie set in those times that, I don't know. These films are not very popular anymore. <laughs> like this was never going to make her like millions of dollars. At, at most, it was something she could sign at conventions. Yeah. I think that they spent like maybe 1.5 million. And considering this is a movie that took place in like another country, I'm like, Oh, that's, that's a pretty tight budget. Right. But Elvira, which I found out like more recently is that she owns a hundred percent of Elvira. Like everything oh, cool. her fucking face is on Smart. Like, owns all of it. So, yeah. and that's the thing with Elvira is like, not only is she this, you know, icon, it's almost like she's a brand. Like if you go to like any store, right. like I have like a bunch of purses with her, like with her face on it and shit that she like owns and like t-shirts and she has comic book. I mean, everything yeah. you could think of, um, her face is on it. So she must be doing okay. Have yeah. you ever met her at a convention? I feel like you have. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> um, I'm always afraid to like meet people that I like, they're like role models for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but she showed up at one of those like wizard world cons and I'm like, just going to do it. Just going to do it. And like, I went and I had like my Elvira shirt and my Elvira purse. I was just like decked out and shit. And I'm like, I'm going to meet her while I'm like, just like decked down everything I love. <laughs> and she was so cool. She like pointed me out in line and she was like, love that shirt. Wow. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm melting. <laughs> um, and she was like, so humble. Like, uh, you know, everyone was telling her the same thing. Like, I've been loving you since I was a little kid and like, blah, blah. And she's like, yeah, no, I'm fucking old. Um, <laughs> but she was like really nice. And um, yeah, she like loved the way my name was spelled. And I'm like, all right, I could die now. Um, was she in drag or no? No, she wasn't. She's okay. had her like good for her red hair out. She <laughs> yeah. looked great, like close up. She must have been like probably like 66 or 67 at the time. <laughs> just, just looking at her face and I'm like, there's nothing. Like it was just like smooth, like a baby's Flawless. ass. Yeah, yeah, you are. Um, yeah, she looked <laughs> so great. But yeah, that was probably one of the cool, like the coolest days of my life. Aww. Yeah, um, 
she's very sweet and like appreciative and like loves what she does and like the effect she has on people yeah Hmm. she's given a lot of interviews in the past couple months promoting this book and i read one that she posted on her facebook page where she basically said i'm ready to like stop wearing that dress and that wig (laughs) Mm, i don't know how much to believe that because if you search for elvira retirement and like it happened multiple times it's happened a lot (laughs) And I, I want to believe her, but I also don't want to because if she keeps coming back every few years to like revive Elvira's movie Macabre, I'm going to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll uh, keep feeding into it. Right. For yeah. Sure. I'm only encouraging the behavior she wants to stop. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think Elvira, Mistress of the Dark is a great comedy in its yeah. own right. Elvira's Haunted Hills is a four fans only proposition. <laughs> and only if you have a very high tolerance for shtick. And then the movie marathon that just premiered on Shudder, the 40th anniversary of her movie macabre gimmick, um, is, I think, a great Halloween programming. Yeah, for sure. I think I had a perfect kickoff to the season with that. Yeah, definitely watch that. Thank you all for indulging me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Next episode of the show, we are going to talk about The Wailing which is a Korean um, supernatural horror thriller. Ooh. Uh, I've not seen that. Oh, one, but I heard it's is great. that the, like, it's like two hours and he's going into this. I've started and stopped that movie so many times. <laughs> I always start it when I'm like a little sleepy. I want to see that so badly. My like criteria for movies is I hit shuffle on this playlist and I find ones that are available. Yeah. And from there, I pick the shortest yeah. runtime. <laughs> yeah. So I never watch this. So I'm glad yeah. that Allie picked it for the show. Yeah. So that I have like an impetus to actually like make time for it. Yeah. Nice. I, I miss out on a lot of Korean and like Indian and Japanese movies yeah. for that reason. Like nice. just never sit down for like a three yeah. hour film. It's supposed to be really good. Yeah. I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah. And um, we will do purely Halloween-themed episodes this month. Yes! And I also will link in the show notes, one more time, our list of recommendations for movies that are currently streaming and are ooky and spooky. and uh, <laughs> Totally kooky. Altogether kooky, yes. Altogether. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Unpleasant dreams. <laughs> <laughs>